Let me uh, invite you to take your Bibles and go ahead and turn to the book of Isaiah chapter 30. We'll pick up one verse there. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. We'll read that in just a moment. We're in the middle of a series called Road Signs to Finding God's Will. Just a practical, hands-on teaching series that we hope will help you find your way through life. Help you find out what it is God wants you to do on a day-to-day basis and on a big scale in your life. Road signs to finding God's will. Today we come to the directional sign. We're going to look at the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives and how the Holy Spirit can prompt us and speak to us and get us to take a different course of action. And I want to spend some time today talking about that. Isaiah 30:21 says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. When my kids were born, an amazing thing happened to me. Those of you who are parents will identify very clearly with what I'm about to say. Prior to my first child being born, if I was in a room that was very noisy and there were other crying babies, it didn't do anything but annoy me. But when my kids were born... I could be in a noisy room with lots of people talking and babies crying and all of a sudden I would hear a cry and my heart would leap because I knew that that was my baby. And I could tell their cry from all the other cries. How many of you parents know exactly what I'm talking about? Of course we do. And you grandparents know as well. Now, when I became a parent, there was just a miraculous, invisible bond that connected me to my child, and I was able to distinguish their voice from all the other voices in the room. A similar thing happened when I was born again and became a child of God. A miraculous, indescribable invisible bond was placed in me between me and my Heavenly Father. It was called the Holy Spirit. And I can now recognize God's voice in my life, whereas prior to that, I could not. And I can hear His voice and I can distinguish the the voice of God through the leading of the Holy Spirit from all the other voices out there that are calling for my attention. When we become believers, the Bible says very clearly that the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us from that moment on. I'm going to be giving you a lot of Scripture today. I don't expect you to turn to it all because we wouldn't have time to do that. But we're going to look at a lot of verses together. So if you're taking notes, I would just encourage you to jot the reference down. Or I'll be glad to give you a copy of the notes afterwards if that would help. But one of the verses that... Um, 
that we turn to that helps us know for sure that as believers we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us is in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. It says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? Now, we've taught you a lot here, and I believe we're starting to understand it and believe it now, that this room that we're in, this building that we occupy each week, is not the house of God. We all are starting to believe that now, aren't we? I know we grew up hearing that, welcome to the house of God. But folks, according to the Scripture, this is just a building. It's all it is. There's nothing sacred about this place. Because the Bible says in the New Testament that God no longer lives in temples made by man or by human hands. He did in the Old Testament. But since Christ came, He now lives in this temple. You and me. And if you're a believer this morning, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. 1 John chapter 3, verse 24 says, And this is how we know that He lives in us. We know it by the Spirit He gave us. And when we talk about this business of being led by the Spirit in trying to find and, and discern God's will and follow His voice, this is not an easy thing to talk about. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But I want to share with you some general verses from the Bible that describe the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then I want to drill down just another level and I want to get a little more specific and, and share some verses with you on specific times that the Holy Spirit led people. And then we'll try to do just a, a quick um, breakdown of what we're looking at. In Isaiah 30, 21, the verse that we read just a moment ago, the Bible says that as you're walking along the pathway of life, whether you turn to the right or to the left, you'll hear a voice behind you confirming to you, saying, this is the way, walk in it. In Isaiah 48, 17, this is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. Psalm 32, verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Or one translation says, I will guide you and watch over you. Same thing. The idea of a parent. Those of you with smaller kids at the park today, you're going to let your kids run and play, but there's going to be that eye that is always watching out for them, making sure that they don't stray too far or get into trouble. Same picture here with God, that he, he guides us in the way we should go and that He watches over us with His eye. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, we've probably heard this since we were kids. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Proverbs 16.9, we looked at this just real briefly last week. It says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. 
Two more. John 16, 13. Jesus said, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. Romans 8, 14. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God or children of God. Now, those are some general verses that I wanted to share with you this morning as we begin to talk about this topic of the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now I want to get a little more specific and I want to show you a number of other verses where the Holy Spirit specifically led people in different cases and then we're going to talk about it. In Matthew 4.1, a very interesting verse to me, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit. I've always wished there was a period there. Because that'd be nice. That'd be a nice little verse to hang on to. You know, the Spirit doesn't always lead us into places that are comfortable and happy and abundant like we hear so much of today. Let's finish the verse. Matthew 4.1 Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Interesting, isn't it? Jesus was led specifically by the Spirit into the wilderness. Luke 2.27 The passage, the wonderful passage talking about Simeon who was waiting to see the Messiah. It says, Moved by the Spirit... Simeon went into the temple courts. In Acts 8.29, it says, The Spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Now, I want to see if you can pick up the theme in these verses that I'm reading to you. In Acts chapter 10, verses 19 and 20, it says, While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. A little while later, Peter is now recounting, recalling what just happened in Acts 11, verse 11. He said, Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. Now a few more. Acts 13.2 While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Acts 16, verses 6 and 7. We looked at this um, last week when we were talking about detour signs. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia. The, the Greek word there, tried, is actually a word which implies an ongoing attempt. Interesting. They tried and tried and tried to enter in. But the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Now, one more. Acts 20, 22. And now, Paul says, Compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, 
not knowing what will happen to me there. Now let me ask you a question. What is the common theme that we see in all of those verses that I've read? And there are many, many others. I just took a sampling of about eight or so to share with you. Does anybody see a common theme that was running through those verses? Led by the Spirit. We saw different phrases. The Spirit said. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. Led by the Spirit. Moved by the Spirit. Compelled by the Spirit. And prevented from doing something by the Holy Spirit. What do we not see in those scriptures? Well, the thing that we don't see is exactly how the Holy Spirit did that. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, Matthew 4.1. The Bible does not tell us how that leading took place specifically. The Holy Spirit prevented Paul in Acts 16 from going into a certain area. doesn't tell us exactly how the Holy Spirit did that. So how in the world do we recognize the leading of the Holy Spirit in our, in our lives? What does His voice sound like? If I were to ask all of you who know Christ, who put your faith in Him, to come up here one by one this morning and describe what the Holy Spirit's voice sounds like, that would be a very interesting morning, would it not? How, how do you get your hands around that? It's like catching water in your hand. It's like trying to rope the wind. A lot of us would stand up here and go, um, well, it's kind of like, um, well, you know, what I'm trying to say is, um, it's, it's sort of like, uh, well, there was this one time when, when I, um, okay, okay, here's what I mean. Now, when the, when the Holy Spirit leads you, it's, it's like uh, there's this, um, you know what, I'm really not sure. I, I don't know how to describe it. I, I don't know how to put it in words. John 3.8, Jesus said, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you do not know where it came from or where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. I want to tell you that while you and I can list a number of things that the Holy Spirit does specifically in this world. In fact, let's do that. Let's take a second and, and, and talk about that. The first thing that the Holy Spirit does in anyone's life is to convict that person that they're lost without Christ. Isn't that a beautiful work of the Holy Spirit? To convict us that we're lost without Christ and that we need His forgiving power and His salvation. That's the first work of the Holy Spirit. The second work is that He draws men to Christ. No one can come to the Father unless He's drawn by the Father, the Bible says. So the Holy Spirit draws men and women to salvation. What are some other things that the Holy Spirit does? Can someone tell me? Can you think of anything? He's a comforter. Wonderful. In our times of trouble and hardship, uh, loss of a loved one, the Holy Spirit is there to be a comforter. What else? Anybody think of anything? What's this? 
wonderful, makes the Word of God come alive. He, he, he will guide us into all truth, he says. And Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, He will remind you of everything I've told you. What a great, what a great thing. Someone else said something over here? He confirms. Yes, He does. He confirms so many things to us. He confirms that we are the children of God. He, he testifies with our spirit, the Bible says, that we are the children of God. He confirms God's Word, His will, and so on. Anything else? Wonderful. Romans 8. He prays for us. Oh, what a beautiful thing. We talked about this a few Wednesday nights ago. So many times we pray and we just don't even know what to ask for. But the Holy Spirit is able to take those prayers and make them beautiful before the Father. Uh, The Holy Spirit is the one who gives spiritual gifts to believers. The Holy Spirit leads and guides us. So many things that we can specifically say that the Holy Spirit does for us. But listen, when it comes to this topic of being led by the Spirit, I'll just be honest with you, I have a hard time putting that into a neat little outline. And I think that's by God's design. Because, yes, we can see a number of works of the Holy Spirit, a number of ways that He interacts with people, drawing them to God and doing all the things that we just mentioned a moment ago, it's just difficult to describe to someone specifically how the Holy Spirit speaks to you. How many times in your life have you just known that God was telling you to do something? And you try to describe it to somebody and you go, well, I just know. I just, I just know this is what I'm supposed to do. No wonder the world thinks we're cuckoo. We're talking about this invisible thing called the Holy Spirit, which is not a thing at all, but a person of the Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us. And the world looks at that and says, what a bunch of nuts. Well, the Bible says that all of this business of the cross and Christ is foolishness to those who are perishing. It's absurd, which is one reason I believe in it. Because anybody who concocted such a bizarre thing... Um, it could never be made up. I mean, who in the world would make this stuff up in order to try to get people on board? You'd make up something that was very logical, would you not? And all of this comes down to faith, to believing that this is true. But here's what I've done this morning in trying to help us, you know, put shoes on this and walk it around a little bit. I've I've boiled it down to, to five things that I think will maybe help us be alert have our eyes and ears and our heart open to helping us discern and listen for and follow this still small voice that Isaiah 30 described. Let me also throw a caution out and tell you, please listen to this. This is not an exhaustive list. One of the dangers of doing what I'm about to do is that some people may walk away thinking, okay, those five things... That's how the Holy Spirit is going to lead me in my life. And there's no other way that it can happen. Please understand, this is just a feeble attempt on my part to to try to get a handle on this shifting wind called the Holy Spirit and, and to try to help us. Listen, we cannot put God in a box. We need to understand this. We can't put God in a box and say, this is exactly how God works every time and this is exactly how he's going to work in your case because he did so for, uh, for one of the prophets in the Old Testament. One of the dangers of doing that 
I think comes out in in books like The Prayer of Jabez, for example, which I thought was a great book. But there's a danger in that in saying if you recite this prayer every day, the prayer that Jabez prayed, then God is obligated to do for you exactly what He did for Jabez. I want to tell you something. God's not obligated to do for you what He did for somebody else. The Holy Spirit is like the wind. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going. And so are all of us who are born of the Spirit. Can we at least give God a wide enough margin to work differently in somebody else's life than He does in ours? Can we do that? Are we comfortable with that? You know, sometimes those of us who are very deeply based in good, sound doctrine have a tendency to be quick to point fingers at others who may worship a little different than we do or see things a little different. Now, I'm not talking about debating the major core issues of the Bible. But we, we need to understand that, that my Christian brother over there who may see some minor things a little different than I do, I need to have enough maturity to say, God, thank you for using that person in a very different way than you're using me. Now, I'll tell you a secret. It took me years to come to that point. Years. And this man sitting right over here will tell you, because he and I had many a fight over this. Moose and I did. For years. Because I grew up very strict in doctrine. Thank God I had a great foundation in doctrine. It's helped me so much in my life. But we have to be careful because what we tend to say is, oh, no, 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 the Holy Spirit doesn't work that way. He only works this way. And thank God that the veil has been slowly lifted off of my eyes, Moose, and I can stand in the pulpit and say, let's give others a little bit of elbow room. Now, if a man comes in and says, I don't believe in the virgin birth, I'm not giving him any elbow room on that. See, we need to know what to fight for and what not to fight for. And it's a maturing process. So, I say all that to say that these things that I'm about to give you uh, are not the only five ways that the Holy Spirit can lead you. But I hope that these five will help you at least try to put some, some practicality on this business of following the Holy Spirit's leading and finding God's will. The first way, and, and these are not in any order, any particular order, but the first thing that I've listed is that the Holy Spirit can lead us through prayer. How many times have you been praying for something? Asking for God's direction in a particular matter. Lord, what in the world do you want me to do? And you will just get a confirmation in your heart, in your spirit, and you'll say, wow. That's exactly what I need to do. And you'll know it. It'll be the answer that you need. And it comes in spending time in prayer with your Heavenly Father. Let me ask you something. Husbands, wives, if you never communicate with your spouse, what kind of relationship are you going to have? Not too good. It's going to be terrible. If we never communicate with our Heavenly Father... What kind of relationship is that going to give us? It's going to be an awful relationship. But if we're constantly praying to Him, talking to Him throughout the day, seeking His will in prayer, He will show us. Now, the second way I believe the Holy Spirit can speak to us very clearly is through Scripture, through reading the Bible. 
how many times have you have you read a verse that you've read a hundred times before? Maybe that's an exaggeration, but you get my point. I mean, you've read it, you've heard it, but one day you're stand, you're sitting there and you're reading your Bible, and this verse. I've heard some of you describe this. The verse does what? It jumps off the page, does it not? And it smacks you right between the eyes. And you see it in a way that you've never seen it before. Listen, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you through the Word of God. I remember years ago when Caroline was only about six or seven, boy, Sandy and I were in the midst of some major life change decisions and seeking directions for our lives. And one of the questions that I was asking God on a daily basis at that point was, God, are you sure that what you're asking us to do is, is exactly what you want us to do? Are you sure that you're going to be able to take care of us? I know. I'm the only one who asks those questions. I know. <laughs> Watch this. I sat down with Caroline... <clears throat> in our, our wicker chairs in, in our, our breakfast room one evening. And I said, um, I was going over her homework with her, and I said, Hun, share with me your memory verse for this week. And I will never forget in that sweet little voice, about six years old or seven years old, she said, Psalm 139.16, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them ever came to be. And I'll tell you, I've heard that verse I don't know how many times, but when she spoke that to me, it just about knocked me out of my chair. Because there was God, the God of the universe, taking the time to step into my world, into my life, and say, Hey, Phil, let me share this really neat verse with you. All the days ordained for you, Phil, were written in my book before one of them ever came to be. I'm going to take care of you, Phil. I will take care of you. It's all planned out. And there was a peace that came over me, and I was able to make the decision the very next day on what we needed to do. Through Scripture, God will speak to you. Thirdly, through people. We looked at this uh, two weeks ago. God will often speak to you through people. I mean, it'll be, a, it'll be a casual conversation, it'll be a phone call, but they will say something that you will know God has used to just minister to your heart and to give you direction in some way. Again, at another time in our life when we were really seeking direction, I was sitting in a Sunday school class and I uh, just, you know, not really thinking of anything in particular, but prior to that had been really, again, seeking God's will and asking if this was a way that we should go because I couldn't see how it was going to work out. And the Sunday school teacher said, wherever God leads you, He will always provide everything you need for the journey. Now, I have to tell you, I, don't, I couldn't tell you one thing He said after that for the next 20 minutes or so, not one thing. Because God spoke to me through that person and confirming His love and, and His uh, provision for me in that way. Oftentimes, God will speak to you through another person confirming His leading in your life. 
The fourth way, and we looked at this last week, so I'm not going to get back into it, but the fourth way that I've seen God lead me and I've seen Him lead others is through circumstances. Circumstances in your life. This is such a wide topic that you know I would do it in justice if I tried to, to narrow it down at all. But it's one of those things that you know. If God is, if God is leading you, He can set up circumstances in your life to help point you in the right direction. Um, last Sunday, after we talked about circumstances and God leading us that way, there was one of our men who came up and uh, shared with me the neatest story. And I'll just tell you real, real quickly about how this happened. He said that he had a motorcycle when he was younger that had run perfectly from day one. He was driving it down a road one day and it died. Completely dead. No mechanical power, no electrical power. It was dead. And it came to a stop in front of a house that he'd never been to before, and there were two people sitting on the front steps. They saw him trying to start his motorcycle. One of them came down and said, Would you like to use the phone? I'll make a long story short. God used that broken-down motorcycle in that moment to eventually build a relationship with those people and bring that man to Christ. And you know what he said to me afterwards? He said, I never had another minute's problem with that motorcycle from that day on till the day I sold it. He says, Phil, do you believe in that kind of stuff? I said, you better believe I believe in that kind of stuff. Listen, God is in control of every atom in the universe. And He can cause someone's motorcycle to stop dead in order to bring them to Christ. You know, the neat thing about that story was not, wow, that's really amazing. The neat thing about that story, as I thought about it more last week, was the mind-boggling thought that God loves us so much. So much. That He is willing to intervene in our circumstances in order to draw us to Himself. That is an amazing thought for me the love of God and how He chases after us in love. The Bible gives us this picture of a God running after His people, calling them back, and doing whatever He can in their lives to draw people to Himself so that He can be their God and they can be His people. What an amazing thought that that is, that God loves you so much. The fifth way that we've seen some in the verses today that the Holy Spirit can lead us and does lead us is through that still, small voice that is so difficult to explain, so hard to put into words, and yet it's a fact. It's a fact. Remember in 1 Kings 19, uh, let, me, let me read verse 11 and 12 to you. I know you remember this story. The Lord said to Elijah, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And that's when Elijah heard from God, was in that gentle whisper. 
I think that story contains a powerful truth for us. That so often we look for God's leading, we listen for God's voice in big, flashy, noisy ways, do we not? God, if you'll just, you know, write it across the sky, then I'll know it's you and and I'll follow you. But folks, I want to encourage you today by telling you that more often than not, God will not speak that way anymore to you and me. He speaks through that still, small voice that I am at a loss to describe to you. And that's the way God speaks. Well, how in the world do you know it then? How do you know? Well, a verse that I shared with you a couple weeks ago in John 10:27, Jesus said, He said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. You know, we've been to, our family has been privileged to go to the Holy Land a number of times from the time that I was a little fellow. And um, a friend of mine in in this church gave me a book uh, last Christmas, I believe it was, uh, about shepherding, the old-fashioned way of shepherding like it took place in the Bible. And uh, uh, reading that book last year took me back when I was a kid to standing out there in the Holy Land on our trips and watching shepherds go by. And we were told to watch very carefully, and it's an amazing thing to see the sheep following the voice of their shepherd. And they know his voice from the shepherd right beside them, leading another flock. And the shepherds have certain unique calls that they've come up with for their sheep. And when those sheep hear that call, that voice, the tone of that voice, Uh, I've seen them literally leaping up on one another's backs to try to get close to the shepherd. And you can literally witness over there two shepherds leading their sheep across the same path. The sheep can mingle together and they will come out the other side following the right shepherd. It's an extraordinary thing. When Jesus was making that statement in John 27, he wasn't just thinking up some harebrained idea to try to use as an illustration. As always, Jesus pulled from the things of the day that people understood and made a a practical truth out of it. If you are God's child, if you are his sheep, you will hear his voice. I'm sorry, I wish I could explain it to you more than that. But I can't. But you will know God's leading in your life. And you will experience the, uh, the call of the Holy Spirit. Even though you can't see it. I want to end by sharing with you a little story from when I was... I was trying to think back on exactly when this happened. I think I was about 10 or 11. We were on the mission field in Australia excuse me, South Africa at that time. And our church had a picnic one Saturday and they had a lot of different competitions for the kids. 
And one of those competitions was kite flying. Now, I'm not a big kite flyer and, you know, never have been, but um, I had this little bitty kite. It was a tiny thing, about that big. But I had the biggest ball of string you've ever seen in your life. I don't know where we got this from, but it was huge. And one of the competitions was seeing who could fly the highest kite. So there we were at the picnic, and and I mean I had I must have had a thousand feet of string. I don't know. I and I had I remember it had two handles sticking out the side, one on either side, and I tied the string to that kite. And there was a strong breeze going, and I let that little kite go, and it just zipped straight up into the air, and that, that string was going, and I was holding those handles, and the kite just took off. And it went, and it went, and it went, until I couldn't see it anymore, literally. And all I could see was the string pointing almost straight up into the sky, and then the string just disappeared you know, into the color of the sky. So there I was holding this string, which was hanging up in midair, and you couldn't see anything on the end of the string. And needless to say, I won the prize that day for the highest kite. And I still remember what I won. It was this giant children's illustrated Bible about that thick and had all these great pictures in it. You know, if somebody had walked past and seen me holding that string and then looked up into the sky, they wouldn't have seen a kite. But I want to tell you, I know that there was a kite still on the end of that string because I could feel it tugging the line. You understand what I'm saying? In our lives, as believers, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Can't see Him can't really describe him too well but I know he's there because I can feel him tugging on my heart friends in finding God's will one of the key pieces of that is is being sensitive to the Holy Spirit's tugging and the, the, the best way that I can conclude this message is to tell you that when the Holy Spirit speaks to you you'll know it. You'll know it. Now, next week, we're going to get into some cautionary things, some dangers to be on the lookout for in listening to and, and following the Holy Spirit's leading to make sure that we're listening to the right voice and that we have the peace that God described. I hope that's been a help to you today in following God's will and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit lead you. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for your word. Thank you so much for the Holy Spirit who you've given to us to, uh, to lead us, to, uh, to remind us of your word, to point us in the right direction when we don't know where to go. And I pray, Father, if there's anyone here this morning who has never yet responded to that first job of the Holy Spirit, of knowing that they're lost without Christ and they've never come to the cross and knelt there and given their life to you. I pray, Father, that today they would surrender to that tug of the Holy Spirit on their heart 
and they would give their heart and their life to you. And then, Lord, for those who do know you today, I pray perhaps there's somebody here who's really struggling to find a certain direction in their life. And I just pray that you'd make it very clear to them through whatever means you choose what it is exactly that you want them to do. In Jesus' name, amen.